This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Wanted to continue this offensive line conversation because what's crazy about it, they made it all the way to the Patriots game with the same offensive line unit. Then the injury started happening. You lose Lyle Collins. You think, okay, Hakeem Adeniji is going to step up. Then you lose Alex Kappa in the regular season finale. No timetable for his return. Again, it doesn't look likely that he's going to be back for the playoffs. But, hey, I'd love to be wrong about that. Jonah Williams takes a hit last night. And one of the things that I felt a little confident going into this playoff game was, hey, this offensive line is still better better than what they had last year in the playoffs. Now you lose Jonah Williams, and it's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be really difficult with this unit, of, as we already talked about, when it comes to backups and the offensive line. Some people will say, oh, go sign Andrew Whitworth. That's not happening. It is not happening. Or go sign this guy. It's hard to get a guy off the street and plug him in and be like, here we go in the playoffs. And that, that chemistry, communication, that's going to take some time. And, and it's the playoffs. It's the biggest stage and moment. And you have to get this offensive line to work. So I agree with you when it comes to maybe the musical chairs of what we see with this offensive line as Isaiah Prince is out there, Hakeem Adeniji. And this is just who you have, Max Sharpin at guard, Cordell Volson, and then obviously Ted Karras at center. But do you feel like they pretty much in the second half they went conservative because of the offensive line issues. Yeah, I think they got to a lot more quick game. They they didn't have the ability. The first half, to me, it felt like the way they wanted to attack this Ravens defense. And it was one of the ways I thought about the Ravens love to play top down. They love to be over top of everything. So they're going to sell out to stop the deep ball. That's why you're not seeing a bunch of bombs down the field. You had the one throw to T. Higgins. That was about it. And he didn't come down with it after uh, hands to the face uh, that wasn't called uh, but anyway they like to play top down they like to be over the top of these stuff they like to uh, force you to check everything underneath well the way they like to attack that was they ran curl routes and they ran outbreakers and they ran uh, one comeback off of play action that that's great you're running away from them like you're coming up you're pushing them so that they back up even more then you're breaking back to the ball joe burrow is very anticipatory and throws that ball perfectly on time but those are like five-step drops and the comeback is like a seven-step drop. You don't, I don't think they trusted their offensive line to protect that in the second half. So those curl routes and those comebacks and stuff, they turned into hitch routes and they were running hitches, sticks, things like that in the first half, but it felt more like off of RPOs. And this one felt more like, all right, we got slant hitch and go. (laughs) That's about it because we can't do more than a three-step drop. And, they were able to get to one at least five step drop because that Hayden Hurst pass over the middle for the near touchdown. But um, yeah, that it really felt off like passing game wise, they knew this was going to be an issue and they tried to work around it. And maybe that's why people think Carmen played all right because they ran a bunch of three step drops and your pressure rate's going to be down and all this other stuff. But the ball was coming out in under two and a half seconds. I believe it was, I think Jeff Schwartz tweeted it and I hope I'm not misquoting him, but I think it was like 11 of the 15 passes in the second half or two and a half seconds or less. That's, that's all quick game. And the Ravens were cheating it. That's why Marcus Williams made that big play on Jamar chase on the slant is he doesn't care about anything going deep. He's like, you guys can't protect that long. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, 
Uh, I'm not going to say what I, I've heard coaches say for that, but uh, you know, like, I'm going to come down and I'm going to, I'm going to steal this slant. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go lay a hit. If he catches this like a big hit over the middle of the field, even though this should work on a chalkboard when the safety is just sitting at eight yards and screaming downhill, that's not, it's not going to work. So if the bills try to do that same game plan, what's the response? Can you get to something? Can you get to something down the field? Because you're going to have to push teams vertically down the field. And last postseason they're able to do it with a bunch of go balls and just you know throwing it up to jamar chase t higgins and letting them make a play maybe that's what you get to you but yeah i i was not happy with the offense in the second half after i thought they played pretty well in the first half like i I, the reason they didn't score a lot in the first half is they had three drives that's that's the reason they didn't score much like the ravens the ravens did a great job in the first half of running the ball and shortening the game because that's how they're going to win the game. You less drives, more variance. So they're the worst team. They're going to create more variance. And the offense was looking fine with Jonah. Like they were getting to a lot of this stuff. That's why it's it's frustrating for me. And then second half hits and Burrow's got to go. It's hit my back foot and that ball is either out or I'm going to have to make a move because somebody's going to be in my lap. Yeah, it really felt like they could have just put the game away if one of the drives in the fourth quarter would have been a field goal. Like I would have been like yeah. game over. That's all you needed. Even if there's and nine they, minutes left on the clock. And they wanted to run the ball, but the offensive line wasn't helping them there either. And I, I think people are going to yell about Mixon. Mixon was above what? He was above three and a half yards of carry. I believe P Ryan was under two yards of carry. The run, the run game actually worked okay as a whole though, because you look at success rate, which is, I don't remember the exact calculation. It's like if you can gain 50% of the yards on first down or whatever, basically you're putting yourself in a good position. You're not, you're not getting the second and eight. You're not getting the uh, third and five. You're getting to like third and twos and second and fours. So the run game, it was 80% of the runs were successes. And that was mainly led by Joe Mixon. Um, P Ryan had one successful run out of his two runs and Burrow was successful on his run, which was obviously the quarterback sneak. So when I look at that, I'm like, maybe they should have, maybe they could have found a way to stick with it a little bit better. I know they wanted to throw the ball and attack the Ravens through the air, but yeah, I I don't know. I I, I had a lot of, a lot of thoughts about all this. I was not, I, this, the offensive performance in the second half doesn't beat the bills is all I'm thinking. And maybe it does because, you know, Lou does something crazy, forces three turnovers. The bills only score 17 points. But when I watched it, I was like, this, this won't fly against Buffalo. Yeah, and that's one of the concerning things because we talked about it before this playoff game is do you think the offense or defense is going to come up big during this run? And it's it's kind of the defense again. Yes, I know 17 points for the Ravens offense, but they still made a huge play. To- 17 points isn't much, guys. Yeah, that's 17. It's not. It's not. And, and in the red zone? And in the red zone, I mean, I, I you know, I felt, I felt pretty confident in them. At the same time, it just – it's this if Hayden Hurst doesn't fumble like it, it's probably even less points yeah but that's what's that's what's frustrating is because this offense besides the offensive line that is a still a huge concern it has the talent it has the guys healthy right now and they just can't get anything going and that is a concern and that is exactly my mindset in the second half was how do you beat 
the Bills. How do you beat Kansas City if you are playing Kansas City, if you make it to the AFC Championship game? I do not want this to be negative because they won a, a game, a playoff game. It's survive and advance. When you play a divisional opponent in the playoffs, it's going to be hard. That's three times that they've seen you this season. And you could say the same thing about the Bills and the Dolphins. Keep that same energy for, for Skylar Thompson and, and what the Dolphins were Better quarterback in the Ravens game. They, they, they had a better quarterback than Skylar. Not to say Skylar was terrible, yeah. but Hunley, I thought, actually played pretty good. He did. Other, other than um, the, yeah. If yep. you exclude the quarterback uh, <laughs> throwing the ball, Huntley yep. outperformed my expectations. Although some of that was just Eli Apple, just what a time to do it. <laughs> it wasn't Maybe. even sold well. I was like, oh, a sluggo. Okay, well, that makes sense. He took one step. You know, usually you have to sell that with like a hard step, a look back, and then go. All he did was just a little shake and Eli jumped I was like you don't even have help over the top what is this oh man Eli, Eli Apple saw the crowd screaming his name with an interception <laughs> well the Eli Apple haters loved everything about that but I I agree I mean I was like no not that one not that one wide open uh but I agree Tyler Huntley played okay I don't I don't you know think he had a bad game or anything like that the the thing is just very questionable is how you felt at halftime. They're down nine, 10. Of course they missed the extra point. After the right touchdown. when Joe Nugget hurt. So that's going to factor into how I felt. Yeah. How, how did you feel? Cause we talked about the tale of two halves, but at halftime at that moment, what was your, what, what, what did you think the outcome was going to be? Oh, I still thought the Bengals were going to win, but I was not confident in that. Like if you just ask me who's going to win, I go, I, I still think since he wins, but then I kept seeing the tweets, Jackson Carmen's coming in. And I was like, oh no, this is this is the recipe for the loss, though. I mean, they shortened the game, they got a fumble recovery that they scored on. They there's a fluky injury. Like, this is exactly what the Ravens want. This is how they win that game. But I did think the Bengals are gonna win. I I just my confidence in that was like a three <laughs> out of ten. It's for me personally, it's always low. It's Lou at halftime. It was the momentum shift for me. Like, I still thought the Ravens were fine and had a good chance to win up until that quarterback sneak when that happened. And then the next drive was the Mike Hilton sack and then three and out. Like, that's uh, that's where I was like, okay. I mean, the momentum is just completely on the Bengals' defense side. The offense still couldn't move the ball. But the momentum for the defense was it was there. It, it was like this Ravens offense isn't doing anything. And it, yeah. So. That's the thing. They had they had chances to, on offense to really put them away in the fourth quarter because the defense they was just yeah. they were vibing off of that play from Sam Hubbard and they were just making stops. And it was Ravens' like, offense went from moving the ball to uh, three and outs repeatedly. Yeah, and and that was the defense that I just it just it's unbelievable, honestly, what they can do at halftime when they come back out there. I'm like they're just going to figure out a way to to stop this team, and if they if they if they have to create a turnover to win the game, they're going to do it. And they do it again with the Sam Hubbard play that a lot of people are going to watch over and over again. I still think it needs a nickname, but we don't know what that nickname is uh, for that 98 yard run. I, Drew Crispin. I want to talk about him for a second. Okay. Up and two, down. Two, two flops too. And he, he award winning. <laughs> award winning. You're taught, you're taught to do that. It wasn't just him. I like, loved I remember, it. I, I, loved remember, it. I, remember, I remember when, uh, yeah, I remember our punter was, High school football. Our punter was also our starting linebacker. <laughs> so he didn't want to flop. He didn't want to go down. He just wanted to boot the ball and people would hit him and he'd still stand there. And the coach is just like, go down. Like mm -hmm. 
it's also to protect yourself because you're, you've got your plant leg, you got your other leg. You don't want people running into that and causing a real injury. So when he sees the guy coming right at him and it looks like he's going to run into his plant leg, he's kind of taught to, okay, I'm going to just hit the ground. The second one was definitely a flop. Didn't even get touched, but it, yeah. it, he is taught to do it. The first one by the books, it's, it's light, but you can't, fall into the plant leg that's that's how you get these punter injuries and the nfl protects these guys probably more than like anybody else even kickers kickers quarterbacks whatever they're protected but the punter i think is the most protected with that plant leg oh i think he did a great job on both of them and i thought he was going to get another flag on the second one i was like oh man he might get another one because he did it he did it perfectly uh but but kind of uh going back to the offense right now how do you think joe burrow did it was like a B. It's hard. I thought he was good in the first half, missed a couple throws to Hurst, but I thought overall it was a good half. And then the second half hit, and there was like, I felt bad for him. I was like, there's nothing he can do here. Like the Bengals are clearly just calling everything quick game because they don't trust this offensive line. The run game is starting to stall out a little bit. I don't know. I, I thought he, he got let down too. I mean, the chase catch would have had to be incredible but it was a really good throw because he had to get it over top of the second level there and just, just misses it. Um, you had, you just had a few plays like that. And I don't know. I thought he played all right. I I gave like a B, maybe a B minus if I'm being tough. I don't think it was a C type game and it wasn't bad. It was, it was enough to win. He protected the ball. He was accurate. He moved the ball down the field uh, in the first half and, that second half was just is not the offense you want to see. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and and that I think you could chalk that up to being your your face in this team for the third time, and it's it's hard, man. It's hard. I know both teams were were facing that same battle, but it's never going to be easy when you are going against a defensive coordinator that has already seen you a couple times this season, and they're a divisional opponent. So I think the offensive line is something that you know we're definitely going to keep an eye on in this matchup versus the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, you hope to get out of this game and we'll hear more when they get back to practice on Wednesday, injury free besides Jonah Williams. And maybe there's some optimism reports where he was on a crutch in the locker room and maybe one crutch is better than two. Uh, not crutch or scooter, what do you think is uh, better? Well, see, we had this discussion last week. I know, week. and I don't remember what we said. <laughs> it ended badly because Alex Cap is still out. So I'm going to say one crutch. One crutch is better because Alex Cap is still out. Okay. And I do want to say that I think he had a knee brace on, but Hey, look, after a game, you probably don't want to put weight on your leg and you wait for the x-rays and you hope for the best. Uh, but right now it really sounds like they are going to be without Lyle. Not we, we obviously know Lyle Collins. Yeah, they will be without Lyle Collins. <laughs> You're going to have Alex Kappa. You're not going to have Jonah Williams. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want that deja vu to what, what Joe had to deal with in the playoffs last year. But right now, they might have to battle with what, they, what they've seen before. On paper, it does look like it might be a similar situation. Just just don't make it. Don't make it a second in the in the Super Bowl where you have just needed <laughs> one second to, to win the game. And they were an offensive lineman away. I say they were Riley Reef away from a Super Bowl. <laughs> just a left guard though, or a Joe Tooney away. I know. I just use it. I just use it because I'm like maybe one healthy, extra healthy offensive line. But hey, 
We're going to get to optimism next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.